You know what I need? No. A shrink. Oh, hey. Well, that's lucky then. I'm to your disposal. A podcast about being a woman today. The good, the bad, the ugly, and the mad. This is Best Friends Talking. I just wanted to uh, add a little thing about, of course, I'm to your disposal as a shrink, but I'm also your best friend. I just wanted to say this to the listeners that, you know, there is a certain bias here from my side, obviously, because I do know you very well and we have a very close relationship. So it will not be the complete neutral uh, perspective as a psychologist, but uh, I'll try my best to support you, my dear. So, Maria, why is it that you feel like you need a shrink? Because this pregnancy, I'm now in week 37, so the baby can officially come whenever it wants, and it's not early. Mm -hmm. So that's good. Yeah. But now I'm starting to get anxiety for when the baby comes. I feel, I really feel like an emotional wreck at this point. Like I can't handle any um, obstacles or any comments or anything. I'm just, I start crying for no reason. Mm -hmm. I get really mad for no reason. Feel really ungrateful because you know I don't really have any problems. Everything is going great. It seems like the baby's doing fine. I have nothing to complain about. And then I also feel a little bit scared for when the baby is coming because I because I now have one son and I feel like when the baby's coming, it's never going to be the same. It's just it's not going to be me and my son. We have this nice moments. I've been sleeping in his room at night because we've been moving, so yeah, he's been a little bit scared. And it's so cozy and just being the two of us, you know, and I just feel like the baby's going to ruin everything because it's not going to be the same. And then I feel guilty for feeling that as well because I feel that's really mean. Mm. So it's like a loop of negative emotions mm. and I can't get out of them. Mm. I feel you. I feel you. And it's quite a space to be in, I have to say. It's true. You're doing so great. And, you know, the good news here is that even though it feels crap, it's actually completely normal what you're feeling. It's completely normal and it's caused by, obviously, you know, you're, you're more emotional because of the hormones, you're getting ready for labor or your body is. And so it's not so strange that you feel on edge and uh, what do you call, you feel ungrateful. I mean, you're going through some pretty intense stuff right now. So, um, yeah, it, it's normal. Yeah, but you know, the reason that I feel ungrateful is that because I have everything I need. Like, I know some pregnant women, they like, I they have a really bad situation and I don't, I don't have anything to complain about. And That's a very sort of common attitude to take also in regards of, you know, general mental health. Like you, you start to marginalize your own issues because you will start thinking like, shit, you know, there are people that don't have food or, you know, have a lot worse or this or that. So, you know, I, I feel you on this also, but it's fine. You know, you feel what you feel, which is completely legit. It doesn't mean that you are ungrateful just because you feel crap right now or you don't feel good. Okay, you you can feel like this. It's fine. You know, it's okay. What I hear you talking about, there's actually a lot of things going on in your head right now. You know, it's both this sort of emotional 
hormonal bodily shift. But there is also what you said about your son, that you feel guilty and also feeling guilty towards the unborn baby. But I mean, this, this relationship you have with your son, it sounds like you're in a way grieving that you will see that this dynamic between you two will shift when the baby comes. Yeah, I think that's what I'm doing because it's gonna shift, uh, obviously, because it's not gonna be the same. And um, but he doesn't know it, you know. And I just feel sorry for him as well. But I think I know that in the long run, for him, it's it's a great thing, of course, uh, because he's gonna be so much yeah. more balanced, I think, and he's gonna have a richer life because he has a sibling. So it's not like I feel guilty mm. for giving him a sibling. That's the opposite. I feel like that's a great thing for him. But I, I think it's more me, maybe. That I feel like this thing that we have is not going to be the same. Because it's not. Because when the baby comes, the baby will be the center of attention. And But I've, I've heard that it's normal to think that, you know, you won't love the baby as much as you love your current child. But then everybody does. But is that also part of what you feel scared about? That you won't love the new baby? It's hard to imagine that I'm going to love someone as much as I love my son but since I've read about it and I know that's something that a lot of women feel and then the second they see the baby they love it just as much so I'm not worried mm. about that because I think since everybody's saying that that's not going to happen it's not going to happen I'm not worried but I mean I know some people mm. get this um, depression where they don't feel the love and I'm not so worried about that actually mm. but um, I mean I don't think you can predict mm. that I don't know why that happens to some people but if it does it passes anyway yeah it's a combination of things that can cause that but what i hear is that you have a lot of concerns which is also normal to have you know you're wondering about you know should i be worried about this or by or like that you know you read about stuff and wondering how will that be for me and what is for sure is that you know when the the new baby comes you will connect with it in its own unique way you know you and the baby is going to have a completely new and different connection than you have with your son yeah You know, and that's going to be great. I'm sure it's going to be better than I expect now. It's just that I I was expecting to be more positive at this point. Yeah, yeah. I'm like feeling a little bit panic instead. Yeah, yeah. But I'm so happy that you say this. And actually, I think it's awesome that we can share this with the listeners because I think for a lot of women, you know, not only with the with the second child but also with the first, can be like this. I feel better. I do. But you know, sometimes it's just think a matter of complaining out loud that really helps. That's what we have friends for or psychologists. So do you know what matters to me? What? That people respect my values. If you were going to list three values or some core values, like a company, what what are your values, core values, Kristen? Well, I guess that of, you know, non-judgment is, is one core value. I'm very pro, like, you know, not judging others so being accepting yeah or understanding at least showing understanding because like i said there's so much stuff going on within a person you don't know right i i put that pretty high non-judgment i'm not saying that i'm good at it i'm just saying that that you know i really respect that that's the value i really hold high i think you are very good at, at that what more mm, loyalty that's that's a big one also 
But what we were going to discuss today, why does it matter? And this comes from another episode where we talked about the moon landing. And you said that you weren't necessarily, you weren't necessarily 100% sure that the moon landing happened. Why does it matter to me? What yeah. do you think about the moon landing? That's because uh, you asked me, like, why does it matter in your life? And that brings on another question. Why does it matter what other people think about stuff? Why can't just everyone walk around in their own world thinking and believing whatever they want and people not? We're always, it seems like we're always getting provoked by other people's opinions and we're always trying to convince other people to think like us. Mm -hmm. Why do we bother? Well, I mean, from a psychological point of view, gotta bring it up. You know, we're really pro consensus. Like if we, if we don't have like, if if we have different opinions uh, where these other people are interacting with other people with that doesn't have the same opinion it feels conflicting it feels really uh, uncomfortable as humans yeah we just really want to have this consensus like we think and feel the same thing so why did you find it so provoking to use this as an example why do you care if we don't believe in the moon landing which is such a big event that everyone was watching it and it seems to be It's such broad consensus about it that actually did happen. We base a lot of other things on it. So I feel like if we don't believe in that, then I give up. You know, I'm like, well, well that why do we even watch the news? <laughs> yeah, but I think you said something important there in regards of, you know, if you start doubting things and it's quite exhausting, you kind of, you need to, we need to have some sort of clear framework of, of where we kind of base our knowledge and existence within, right? If your children asks you about the moon landing or about the news, how are you going to approach that? And you, you know that things are biased in any, any way, like different news in different countries are biased and different, even history books produced in different countries. Everything is a little biased and that's, that's fine. But how do you go about it when you're going to teach your children? You want them to have like a healthy skepticism, but you don't want them to get paranoid. So how, how can we let them know that everything is not as it seems without turning them paranoid and, and when? Because they have, if we have an imagination, they have like 10 times what we have. And they really want to know. I mean, my boys, they keep asking me every day. And so many times I just have to give up. I'm like, you know what, you guys, I don't know. <laughs> I have to Google it or I don't know. I don't want to be thinking that I'm limiting my children in the way I'm thinking, right? I mean, we do that in any case. So how do you do it with religion, for example? Oh my, that's a big one. So yeah, we're not really religious, are we? I want to, then I want to talk about spirituality because, and I think spirituality is something very personal, very subjective, whatever is meaningful for you. I think, you know, with our children, we, we definitely talk about, we don't talk about there's like a God or anything like that. We do talk about that we have this inner wisdom. But what if they ask you, like they can ask very concrete questions. What is God? Who is God? Is there a God? What do you answer? Um, I'm not really sure if we've had those, you know, like with, with, uh, our oldest, he's there have some, you know, religious teachings in school or about Jesus or, you know, in relation to Christmas or whatever. And I do like to put that in the context, like historically, that there's been all these prophets that kind of, you know, investigated how it is to be alive and how it is a good fellow being, you know, towards others. Um, I'm not sure if we had the God discussion yet.
mean, with the spirituality can be something very personal is that, you know, you can use whatever you use, if it's if it's poems or items or or um, crystals or um, essential oil or prayer or anything that works for you that sort of adds to putting some sort of event in a, in a meaningful context for you. I think that's helpful. So it's about it's about finding meaning in your everyday life, basically. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And there's many ways you can paint that picture richer or more more um, colorful, you know. So that that's very different and individual for everyone. Of course. How do you how do you go about that? I mean, you're like self diagnosed, sorry, <laughs> agnostic, or how how would you define yourself? I, yeah, I think it's a difficult subject to talk about, but still, I, I'm not religious. I, I think that I believe in science, and but it's also natural, I think, for, for us humans to think there must be something bigger, there must be some meaning to all of this, because if everything is just scientific, it seems like some wonders that you experience seems too almost too good to be true and almost too magical to be true if it's just science but I guess then science is magical so I believe in some kind of magic but I'm not sure if it's scientific magic or what it is when you start talking about the the universe um, that's when it gets complicated and I I think it's interesting but also frustrating to think about the universe because it goes on and on and when does it stop I think it makes everything more exciting it does right but I don't feel like I have any answers. And I, I think it's, I mean, I think religious people seem like they have a really nice thing with their religion. and But I, I, I find it hard to believe in these things because to me, it sounds like more like fairy tales. Yeah, but that's, I like what you said there. You like that there's no answers, right? So there's like, there is so many possibilities. So if you had to choose one religion. Well, Buddhism, I think. So uh, let's go to church and see what happens there we're gonna go to church yeah that's that means wherever you want to go to find your spirituality oh yeah it could be your bathroom with a crystal (laughs) or it could be go out in the nature and just look at the trees Mm -hmm. or actually going into a church we used to live now we just moved we used to live right by a really beautiful church and and me and my son used to go in there Mm mm-hmm a lot after after nursery because he he calls it a castle and he always wants to go in there mm-hmm. and he's like oh can we please go into the castle and then we go in and we just sit there and look up on the roof it's really nice beautiful yeah it's i think you know that's what what churches and sacred spaces offer for for humans you know for a long time is this a place of contemplation and yeah it's a bit of a like a meditation because you don't have to speak in there it's like it's kind of inviting you to be still there. Yeah. No, we. I mean, that's something we don't have a lot in our contemporary life, right? We don't have those spaces for pauses or for contemplation. Or for, I mean, you know, a lot of people come to psychologists for that. And and earlier on, you know, there was the place for the yeah for church or religion or for the priests to hold that space. Next time we will talk about incredible births and then I can feel lucky that I'm going to hopefully give birth in the hospital. Yes, an incredible birth. 
Because there are so many weird stories you wouldn't imagine. Women giving birth in trees. What? Tree? Mm -hmm. I heard that before. True story. I'll tell you all about it next time. Well, can't wait. <laughs> Till next time. Bye. 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 Bye.